0: Are you having a hard time finding a good book to read about Twin Peaks? Did you finish binge watching Twin Peaks in Quarantine and now you're looking for more? If so, we have the book for you. Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. Based off the popular show from the 1990s, read about the making of each episode from over... 100 cast and crew members This book covers Season 1, Season 2 firewalk With Me And Season 3 But wait, there's more This book has commentary From the community And the host From the wildly popular podcast Twin Peaks Unwrapped Order now, supplies are very limited Only $25.99 Plus shipping and handling Go to bluerosemag.com today.
1: So this week we're doing something different. I kind of think of it as a future cast, Brian does know who the killer is. Ooh, future cast. Ooh, future cast. <laughs> but, but when we actually get back to our regular episodes, Brian does not know no, who the killer is. My past so, self so it's like does a, not know Right. I know now. It's like a, it's like a timeline paradox or something where <laughs> right now you do know. Yes. But when we get to our next episode, you will have no idea who the killer is.
0: Next week when we go back to our normal reviewing of an episode, I truly do not know who the killer is. Yes. Because this is, we've been recording everything out of order
1: yeah you know you kind of knew our we're breaking <laughs> you know, the third wall right. by telling you, you know all our this, secret but... here that we sometimes record several episodes <laughs> at a time and stuff this is so that we will never miss our goal is to never miss a week of podcasts our goal yeah. is you know it'll be the week of christmas and you will still get a podcast from us i will be sick in bed and yep. you'll still get it po- brian will be on vacation. vacation and you'll still get a show <laughs> yeah
0: and we've already, we've gone on vacations and yeah, we've we, been sick. We took and two we took, weeks off yeah we three took, weeks off. And right? nobody ever knew. Nobody, nobody ever knew. knew. But now you know. So this episode, I will say, I know who the killer is. Be- so, this because is a spoiler is episode. So if you yeah. guys
1: have never seen, I mean, if you guys don't know who the killer is, you might not want to watch this episode or listen to this oh, episode. Oh, yeah, that's true. We might, we might say who the actual killer is.
0: Actually, we do. Yes. um.
1: We are it's interviewing Shelley the waitress. The waitress. <laughs> that is a Saturday Night Live joke now to go over and over again. But
0: uh, yeah. we are talking to Jonathan uh, John Thorne John Thorn, yep from uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, he's
1: co creator and co editor of Wrapped in Plastic. Wrapped in magazine. Plastic. That's, what, that's us. Ra- wrapped in We're plastic. unwrapped. He's wrapped. wrapped. Yeah,
0: and we I actually have a conversation with him about. Because I know who the killer is.
1: Yeah, and so we also just, yeah. then we'll have um, Howard Miller, who is the father of Craig Miller, and Craig Miller uh, unfortunately passed away uh, a few years ago. But he 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 was the one that actually put the whole um, he's the one that kind of founded uh, the publishing company and and co-created the Wrapped in Plastic magazine. So I mean yeah. yeah. And so his father will get to talk about the new launch of the website.
0: Yeah. So you guys are in for a treat. So enjoy. And if you do not want to be spoiled, save this episode for after. Yeah, if you like, maybe if you after want
1: to. maybe yeah after fourteen or sixteen episode sixteen something yeah, like that. Yeah. But if you
0: know who the killer is, and you then you're totally fine, and everybody knows that um, I'm not faking it when I say I don't know who the killer is. I truly do not know who the killer is when you listen to those shows. Yes. I, I never spoiled for me.
1: So I, I want to say it's future cast. Every <laughs> once in a while we're going to do something cast. like every once in a while we're going to pull something like this where we're we're going to yeah, we're going to have a show which is current <laughs> for yes. the week and yeah. you will know stuff that you don't know in the next episode but yes. Cool. All right. So enjoy. Thank you.
2: I've got idea, man,
0: you took me for the walk. And welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. And I hear a little feedback. I'm your host, Brian Kazowski, and beside me we have Ben Durant. And this week we're going to take a break... From reviewing an episode, because we have a very special guest.
1: Yeah, we have uh, John Thorne. He's a co-creator, co-editor of Wrapped in Plastic Magazine. Hi, John.
3: Hey, hello, how are you?
1: Good, how you doing? So, yeah, so exci- I so excited I'm sorry. I'm so excited to have you on, and one of the reasons I have you on is because um, when this, by the time this airs, the uh, they'll be launching a new uh, website for the magazine, which is wrappedinplasticmag.com. And I thought it would be a good time to have you on, who you know, you've done. Can you can you share a little bit about like for people who don't know what in Plastic magazine is? Could you tell us what 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 that was?
3: Of course, yeah. Uh, Well, uh, my co-editor, Craig Miller, and I put together uh, Wrapped in Plastic Magazine, I think, in 1992, because we were huge fans of Twin Peaks, and we wanted to write about it. And so we uh, published the magazine um, every two months, uh, pretty uh, much like clockwork, until about 2005, I think, we did 75 issues uh, covering just about everything, uh, regarding Twin Peaks, David Lynch, Mark Frost, et
1: cetera. That's awesome. And I think you, you recently on the Red Room podcast with Scott and, uh, and I think you mentioned how how uh, you did mailings and you were able to do that through things like the pit, uh, the pick cards and stuff. And I think I, that's how I might have found out about you guys was uh, there was a mailing and they just somehow you guys knew I was into Twin Peaks, and I, <laughs> which was awesome. And I, wow. I, I got the first issue and I was into it, you know, for years and stuff is it it so awesome.
3: Well, right. I mean, yes, that's exactly right. We did put out, we were lucked out uh, early on and got some names and uh, did a mailing because in those days it was pretty hard to get the word out, uh, uh, you know, that this thing existed. And so um, I'm glad we reached you and a whole bunch of other people. And uh, yeah, we, we uh, got that magazine out there.
1: Cool. Yeah. So I, I have so many different things I want to talk about. I'm t- Brian, if you want to say anything as I go, a lot of my things are directly about wrapped in plastic, <laughs> I love. I do love that magazine. But if there's other things you want to ask John, yeah. well, yeah. I have. A, John, you can hear me, right?
3: Uh, I can. It's a little bit harder, but I can hear you. All right. I'll
0: I'll yell. Um, okay. But. I guess because you said you're doing twice a month? No, every... every, every
1: You're putting two... No, every week? No, it would be bi-monthly, so every two months they were putting out an issue. Oh, every two months. And right.
0: Now, was it something that you guys... Who published it? you guys self-publish everything?
3: Yes, it was completely uh, our project, uh, just Craig and me, um, although we did have people helping us contribute some things. Uh, what we did was uh, we... Craig and I wrote all the material. Craig did the layout of the magazine. Uh, we sent that uh, finished layout to a printer in uh, San Antonio. And then we uh, had orders for that magazine through um, various places, uh, Diamond Distributor, which went to comic book shops, Tower Records, which got us you know, all over the world. Wow. And then we had subscription copies as well that we mailed out. And it was completely self-published and we uh, we got it out there.
1: that is that is really awesome. This is really cool. you know it was only recent that I learned I I'd just gotten uh, not that long ago uh, issue number 61 uh, where you kind of talked about the unseen wrapped in plastic and I didn't realize that uh, uh, Greg actually did the artwork in the like the like the first issues that came out uh, he did the artwork uh, the covers and he did some of the artwork in the actual magazine
3: yes that's right I mean when we first started uh the magazine we were not sure exactly how far we could go in terms of copyright we didn't want to get in trouble uh we were really uh you know we just you know honestly were new to 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 doing this kind of thing and just didn't want to take any chances so uh we you know we're afraid if we put actual photos on the cover of the magazine we might get in trouble so Craig was actually drawing a lot of the covers uh he was a comic book artist and had his own comic book for a while, and so that's what he did. And then it was later that we got you know, more confident and realized what we could do, and uh, it was just a short while that he did that, and then the rest of the run, I think from the teens all the way up, were photographs.
1: That's cool. Yeah, it's something, and uh, it's interesting. I think you uh, you did an interview with Joel Bacco, and uh, you you mentioned how there was actually a license fee if you wanted to be like the official Twin Peaks magazine. I, was it like five thousand dollars or something wow. to actually license it? Yeah, that's
3: that's what they told us at the time. You know, that was ninety uh, two. We Craig and I pursued you know possibly being some sort of official magazine that would you know. It would be the official Twin Peaks magazine, and we would have contact with whomever the actual owners of Twin Peaks were at the time. But uh, um, it was kind of a crazy time because Twin Peaks had kind of disappeared from the landscape when we were doing that. And whoever had the copyright at the time, I forget if it was ABC or if it was CBS because I know they got the video later, Mm uh, they said, "Yeah, five thousand dollars licensing fee," wow. and we, we did not have that money, so no, we just right. said, "Okay, never mind." We, we were gonna—I we, think originally we were gonna call it the Twin Peaks, uh, you know, a Twin Peaks magazine or the official Twin Peaks. We wanted to use the words Twin Peaks in direct reference to the show,
2: hmm.
3: which is why we were trying to get the licensing fee. When that didn't happen, we changed—you know—we realized, we change course. We're gonna call it Wrapped in Plastic, and. And take off from
1: there. And I love that name. I mean, the yeah. wrapped in plastic. I mean, to go like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good name and stuff. So I love it. Um, let's see. So you know, in a way, I feel like you know, we're 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 in some ways kind of following in your footsteps because it was only like a month or two ago that um, Catherine Coulson was our first uh, yes. Twin Peaks <laughs> actor that we got on our show. It was awesome. And that was your first actor that you got for the for the magazine. I, I think that on, is.
3: Yes, that is exactly right. Catherine Coulson was the first person we interviewed from the show for the magazine, and she was uh, really a supporter of our magazine all the way to the end. We were in in constant contact with her. We, fre- we featured her a number of times, interviewed her a number of times. Uh, and um, it's funny you brought her up because it was just a couple of weeks ago. I was in Seattle at the Twin Peaks Festival, and uh, hadn't seen Catherine in about ten years, and wow. she, you know, went up and talked to her, and she gave me a hug. She remembered who I was. She, That's awesome. She is a wonderful person.
1: Wow, she really is. she, yeah. she was so gracious. And super nice. We we got her uh, basically to kind of talk about the festival. So uh, I mm-hmm. I had reached out to her. I knew she was going to be at the festival, and I asked her if she would be on. I think it was like a few days after the festival was over, yep. maybe. Yeah, yeah. So that that was yeah. something. Very nice, lady. Um, so, what was it? What was it like for you guys? You guys finally actually got a, an actor from the show to actually be on, in the magazine. I mean, that must have been amazing.
3: Uh, oh, I can remember that vividly. Yes, when we got uh, you know a chance to talk to Catherine Coulson. I mean, you know, like wow, we're talking to the law lady. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 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 yeah, it was extremely exciting to make contact with someone who was. You know, on the show and closely connected to David Lynch.
1: Um, Yeah, and 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 it almost seemed like it opened the door for you to get more people because I don't, I feel, I don't know if Julie Cruz was the next one, but it seems like it wasn't that a few issues later that you started getting you know more people from the show.
3: Yeah, a couple things happened right around then. Um, uh, both Julie Cruz and Mark Frost had new works out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Julie Cruz had an album, I think, coming out, and Mark Frost had uh, the list of seven. So we went through the typical channels, you know, of contacting their publicists uh, and, and arranging for interviews. Uh, this, the other thing that happened almost simultaneous with that was we went to, I think it was the first fan base. Twin Peaks Festival, so the 93 one, uh, which had actors there from the show, uh, Frank Silva, Al Strobel, and we, uh, you know, managed to make contact with them, get their contact information, or in the case of Frank Silva, actually sit down and and interview him there. So we had all that, you know, content and interviews. Yeah, it, it did... It, it did take off after that. We featured quite a few interviews.
1: That's awesome, and that, that Frank Silva interview is so key. I mean, unfortunately, he passed away, and I don't think he really yeah. did that many more interviews. I mean, Brad Dukes used some of your your interview from that that issue in his book. I mean, because he, you know, he's passed away, and so I, I feel like that was such a key interview that you were able to get.
3: Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, it's funny. Um, I'll I'll let you know now. I'm kind of in the middle. Or sort of the beginning, middle of compiling some material for a book from wrapped in plastic, and I, you know, realized you know, we've, you know, we had the only, really the only interview with Frank Silva yeah. that was ever conducted for print, yep, uh, and and it was in depth, and so um, I'm thinking about, and I know this is going out there into the into the world, so I'm not gonna
1: say definitively, but I'm thinking about reprinting the whole thing because wow. you can't it's do. Hard to
3: again. <laughs> Please uh, do yeah. plastic, plastic eight these days.
1: So yeah. yeah yeah one of one of my questions was gonna be would you reprint it? Would you put it into volumes? Would you make it available digitally? I mean yeah. like I think these are these are things that fans would love to have.
3: Yeah, uh, right now, um well here's a couple things and again I, I nothing that I'm saying now is definitive and I don't know what's going to happen but sure. um, of course a lot of content in Wrapped in Plastic was written by other people we had mm. uh, people submit essays and you know we print other people's work so all of that material unless I were to go out and get permissions and figure out how to do you know all of the intricacies of compiling um, their work into a volume a lot of work. Uh, right now that's their work so I can't touch it yeah, uh, but Craig and I produced a tremendous amount of work on our own, and Definitely. all that material is there. Um, so I'm right now going through the process of culling out uh, what I think is is important Twin Peaks material to put together uh, a Twin Peaks book of some sort. Uh, obviously, the new show is coming on yeah. uh, sometime in the future, and. Uh, <laughs> I think putting together, you know, we did 12 years' worth of study on that show. I think I can put something together that's fairly substantive.
1: Definitely. I would love that if you do that. You know, you t- so you t- mentioned a book. There is a Kindle book out there that that, that Craig and David L- Levery and you wrote, which is kind of like almost a sequel to uh, Full of Secrets, which is Twin Peaks in the Rear Mirror. Uh, yeah. Can you talk about that? Like, what's the – what's oh.
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, yes, you can go on to Amazon and download that book. Uh, uh, What uh, David Lavery did uh, was Full of Secrets, um, which is a fantastic book of essays on Twin Peaks. And then uh, he contacted, boy, that book took years and years and years and years to ever see the light of day. Originally, it was going to be essentially a follow-up volume to... Uh, full of secrets and just be a print book. I mean, this was the day before there even was online Hmm. uh, e-publications. And I wrote the introduction to that book uh, and edited the full book of all the essays. A lot of them come from Literature Film Quarterly and some of them come from Wrapped in Plastic. And anyway, I'm bored with all the details. Eventually, it did finally get released as... uh, uh, an electronic book only So yep, the Kindle there book. is no hard copy wow. uh, Available but you know If anyone out there wants to go And, and buy it off Amazon They can um, You know Where would you get the
1: hard copy I, like, I didn't see it on Amazon I saw the Kindle version
3: so There is no hard copy oh, Okay. There is no hard copy version of that uh, It went straight as a E-book only
1: Okay that's good to know so we're talking about interviews. Were there any interviews with uh, the cast or crew that you wish you had gotten for the magazine?
3: Oh yeah, without a doubt. Kyle McLaughlin, Sean Fenn, Ray Wise. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Those are
0: the big three, <laughs> <experience>, right?
3: <laughs> I, you know, I mean, we came close on a number of occasions to all three of them. I don't think uh, any of them would have turned us down. Um, it was just a matter of trying to find the right project that they were trying to promote. Uh, you got to remember in those days of the 90s uh, after Twin Peaks, you know, uh, you know people didn't want to just talk about, you know, Twin Peaks. It
2: was mm-hmm. kind of,
3: a, you know, a, a past, you know, past project. And so we always tried to, you know, hook in some new current project that we could Promote for them and then get them to talk about some pieces as well. So anyway, again, <laughs> I'm going off on, on some uh, too much detail here, but we've we enough detail. I love hearing to all this. Yeah. Connect with them,
1: right? It, it's interesting you mentioned Ray Wise because you know you, you were able to get uh, Cheryl Lee, Richard Beamer, and um, uh, Frank Silva Silva all discussing that whole Maddie killing, and that, I think Ray Wise is the only one missing from that conversation that you know th- of interviews that would have been interesting to see their his his perspective on that uh, that scene.
3: Uh yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. And maybe that's still to come, who knows. I mean, I don't know. I <laughs> may have talked in detail about that to Brad. I you know, I've read Brad's book more than once, but I forget sometimes, you know, what uh, how much detail they went into certain scenes. Um and I'm sure Ray Wise has talked about it in other places, too, if we went and That's tried true. to track him down. But, yeah, I would love to ask him questions about that. I mean, that was a fascinating
1: sequence. Yeah, so Brian just saw the uh, the episode where it revealed who killed Laura Palmer. Yes, yes. And I know, you know doing research, I would love to I – mean, you got an interview with Richard Beamer, but I, I almost wanted to know more. I, I mean, I want to know more of how he approached uh, killing Maddie, even though you know it wasn't ever used for the show.
3: As I recall, and this, again, Roy, uh, you're uh, asking me to remember something from a while ago. Unless I go back and pull out the interview. Yeah. Uh, I do know we were curious about that, and I'm fairly certain we asked him about that. Again, I can't remember. Yeah, of I, you, I think, I think you did. asked him, and he said uh, that it was done very matter of fact, very
1: just go through the motion. Uh, oh. If he had a sense that they. We're doing that
3: basically to keep it from leaking out. So you know, the guy who's doing the lighting, you know, runs down to the National Enquirer and says, "Okay, it's you know, Ray Wise, it's Leland, he did it. Uh, this was to confuse people." And so, but I think I don't think Lynch. And I, you know, again, I could be wrong. Maybe someone will call in and you know, write you guys and correct me. But I think um, Richard Beamer was just. There and went through the motions. They did it very quickly. You know, okay. Just, yeah,
1: and he was the first one I, I, in that interview you did with him. He, he did say I think he was the first one to go. So it was almost like a almost like a practice before you yeah, go. a practice run. It's
3: like doing the blocking with him.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in. a I, I guess we'll get we'll, we'll talk about the new season without talking about, like, spoiling the ending. I mean, yeah. so we don't know. Uh, <laughs> I still don't know the ending. Yeah. But what I'll get at is in issue number 35 in the Wonderful and Strange section, uh, you talked about how people uh, were always coming up to you and uh, Craig uh, saying, oh, is, are they going to make more Twin Peaks? And, uh, you know, you always said uh, nothing new had been announced. And then you say, basically went into how, you know, it, it wouldn't be what they wanted. You know, they, they, I think <laughs> – and I, do you still think that's true now? Well, I guess the only factor is was the Mark Frat, Frost factor and stuff. But what is your sense now with maybe them making a new season?
3: Yeah, I I um I know exactly what you're talking about, and I've talked about that recently with other. I think Brad was on the phone with Brad a couple of days ago, and we were talking about um you know the new the new show. Uh, um, yeah, I think at the time. Uh, Okay, I'll make this, I'll try to make this as quick as possible. Certainly at the time, we, we were getting a lot of people asking us, a lot of people just thought it was going to continue along, and, you know, we're going to get right back into it, and it's going to continue along. Right. Firewall, for me, had come out. We knew Mark Frost at the time was, was disassociating himself with any new Twin Peaks. He really wasn't going to work on it, and so it would be just Lynch.
1: Especially the direction, that, without explaining anything for Brian, but especially the direction that Lynch went with that movie.
3: Yeah. Okay. I got to be careful not to spoil anything. Wow, right. Yeah. I got to see the right. movie uh, still. Anyway, we figured, you know, whatever Lynch would produce at the time would have to be something that really interested him, something that got his creative juices flowing, and he doesn't really like to revisit the same ground. Sort mm. of. I mean, thematically, yes, you can say Blue Velvet is similar to, you know, uh, Fire Walk with Me. You know, whatever. You can find parallels, um, but. Uh, uh we just we just really were very confident that if lynch went back to uh, to twin peaks it would maybe take a strange direction and really be what people were asking for now how do i feel about the new series well certainly the fact that mark frost was involved and that they scripted them together and that the word i'm hearing and again i don't have any information that you don't have although i well,
1: anyway. <laughs> Maybe he does. Maybe you do. Um,
3: uh, uh, I, I I, do feel that, uh, that they when they said, they said publicly, Mark Frost was interviewed, so I guess I'm not really, I'm not revealing. He, he was interviewed and said, you know, we're going to pick up, we're going to deal with every cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Try not to reveal anything yet. Right. And, That's uh, right.
0: Interesting. Uh,
3: so, yes, I do think that um, we are going to get something in a way that we expect that we're going to follow the story, but I still feel very strongly that Lynch is going to tell it in his own way, and it may be a little bit, it, it, it may be you know it's hard to um, interpret. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, uh, initially, it may be hard yeah. to yeah. And I yeah. Again, I'm just. Throwing this off the top of my head, but we just don't know. We just right. don't know. Is it going to open exactly the same way with the you know, sign on the road and right. and you know we're going to be back in that? I have a feeling that they've got some surprises up their sleeves.
1: Definitely, I agree. And what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like they they've written nine scripts, but it sounds like Showtime is hoping for eighteen, and they're basically going to edit it. They're going to edit it and see what they come up with. What do you think of, of that?
3: Well, I don't think anybody knows for sure what what's, the real story is. Yes, I I think it was released that there were nine episodes that were scripted. Then, of course, we had the issue with Lynch back uh, in March and Mm. April where he pulled out that he wasn't going to do it anymore. They reconciled, you know, all of that. They are supposedly, Showtime has said, there's going to be more than we originally planned. I don't know how much more, and I don't, honestly, I don't know what all those issues were that caused this this bump in the road, but it's been resolved. And, uh, you know, maybe the episodes are going to be, you know, just a theory, instead of being confined to being within an hour, maybe they've given Lynch freedom to, the episodes can run as long as he wants them to. If you get, a, if yeah. you get an hour and 23-minute episode one week, if you get a 47-minute episode the next week, yeah. That's again, strictly... You know, conjecture. Right. Uh, I so anyway. I don't.
1: Yeah, and they also. I mean, I, they also use this idea of it's like one long movie. But I didn't really, I didn't take it as, as that that like that's actually what they're doing. They have scripts that I feel that are confined as an episode. Do you did you hear that quote? Do you make sense of what do you, What do you think when they say it's like one long movie?
3: Well, I mean, the the interesting thing, of course, is that Lynch is is directing all of it, yeah. And that is a that is an unusual. I mean, we know we've seen this happen recently with the first season of True Detective, right. and I think uh, could have been Fargo that had the same director throughout. I think so, yeah. We're seeing we're seeing some more of this where one director uh, is is filming, you know, shooting the entire series. So, uh, but you know think that maybe the, the the idea is it's going to be like one long movie because Lynch is going to be involved in the entire visual production of this, so he yes. will be, I think, probably editing the new
1: series wow. uh,
3: in a way where he is very aware of what's coming in episode, you know, six, right, and it's all edited as one thing and then broken up. <laughs>
0: so Yeah, that makes
3: sense. I, I would say it's probably more like one long movie than anything else uh we I mean certainly than either season one or season two were.
1: Yeah. It's crazy to think that like he only he directed six episodes for the entire Twin Peaks series and he's gonna be directing more, you yeah. know, in this third season than he ever did. And it's great. Yeah, it's I great.
3: think even if you even if you added in the footage from Firewalk with me and then everything that he did in the series like we're probably looking at still, uh, you know, more than that amount for the new series.
1: Yeah. Oh, you make a good point or, about or the Firewalk with Me. Yeah. I forget the Firewalk with Me is really like four hours, right? <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> if you count the missing pieces and stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah, that is that's so, so cool. Um, well, I, maybe we'll get back to uh, wrapped. In, oh, I, one other thing I want to say, I, just that, like, what I love about Lynch is his happy, his kind of happy accidents. So I mean, we we've got stuff in the script. But, you know, maybe the, he, he 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 wakes up in the morning and says, there's got to be a giant here, or, or there's something, yeah. you know, there's some other thing going to happen that was not expected. Or, or something fell on the ground, or, you know, the set's not working the right Bob's way. Bob's reflection in the mirror. Right. So who knows? Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's all. Did you have anything to say about that?
3: Oh, well, I think that's what makes so much of it so special. I mean, you know, uh, you can look at uh, the scene in the... Uh, First episode of the second. it's the first of second episode of the second season where Cooper and Truman come in. They're on ho- hospital room and they have to adjust the stool. Yes. Yeah, love yes. it. Love it. You know when I when I saw that the first time, I knew like yeah. okay, that was something that probably really happened in real life. They uh-huh. were just trying to adjust <laughs> the, the stool, and Lynch said, you know what? Let's really just do that. Let's make that part of the scene. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, there's and there's a number of instances. I think. Uh, You look at the pilots where cooper is in the morgue examining the body and the uh, morgue attendant misses his line i think it's jim name (laughs) yeah something to that effect yeah it's just (laughs) beautiful it's weird and it and it seems to just enrich the show uh you know more and lynch is that way with film and uh of course is the famous famous story of him, uh, and again, in this now may, maybe you know uh, urban legend, but I think there's some accuracy to this story. He had he had a fresh painting. He was showing it to a friend, uh, and a butterfly landed on the painting and flapped its way through the paint. And wow. the friend said, "Oh no, now it's ruined." And Lynch said, "Oh no, now it's perfect."
1: That's awesome, and then yeah, that is so cool. I love that, and I think later on he'd start like getting animals and sticking them to his paintings. Was he really? Yeah, he's (laughs) but that is yeah, so cool that like he doesn't get a yeah, he doesn't get upset about that. He just thinks that's what was meant to be. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, That, that that's that's a good way of of approaching anything is to accept what comes at you and try to you know make it part of what you're doing.
1: Totally. So some of my favorite issues of wrapped in plastic were the unseen Twin Peaks ones, and I, you know, was that difficult to put together? Were you, was it hard to get all the scripts? I mean, that's.
3: Um. No, it wasn't difficult at all. We had the scripts. We got them, uh, I think we got them through Bruce Phillips, who was uh, at the time, you know, this great Twin Peaks collector. Wow. Uh, And he had a little catalog you'd get every once in a while. I bought stuff from there. Yeah. (laughs) All over the world. Yeah. uh, And including he had props uh, from the show. Ah. Uh, I'll never forget, you know, being up at the festival one year and he had the actual diary that Cooper and Truman opened in the pilot, you know,
2: uh,
3: in the police station. He had it there. And the dialogue for McLaughlin and Ankeen was written in there so they could look down and read it. So anyway, that's, that's something. Going off on a no, but I think Keen that's really interesting. Script. He got the scripts to us. And it was very simple to just take a script, watch the episode, watch how it deviated, watch what they cut, and then write it up and say, you know what? They, they cut a scene here. They cut a scene there. Maybe they were intending to go this direction and they didn't. What would it have meant? That was kind
1: of fun. It was. It's fun to read. Cool. I mean, it's really it's some of the best uh, uh, issues I think. Too. so yeah, it's something else. And you also covered X Files, and you were one of the first national magazines to review X Files, which is funny. That's coming back too. I yeah, mean. man, you got to work. Well, hard yeah, out for
3: I know it's so strange, is <laughs> Everything's coming back again.
1: Uh, <laughs> that gummy like is yeah, coming back yeah. in style. Yeah, that's cool. And um, let's see. Um. Well, you, you also covered – um you, you covered just about everything I could think about Twin Peaks. The only thing you didn't cover – and maybe there's not enough subject matter on it. I would love to have you had an article about Diane. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so did you theory- ever think about that, did you, doing like something Oh, uh,
3: you mean a, 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 an article about the character Diane in the in the show? Yes, yeah, you so
1: you're about- right. Uh, I mean I guess we, we, we believe that it's uh, Dale Cooper's secretary. Or Uh, maybe the
3: actual quote-unquote character of Diane that he refers to. Yeah, Yeah. uh, you know, well, okay, uh, we never did get into that. I'm not sure there was a whole bunch to write there because there wasn't, you know, much really in the show. And in fact, Diane, um, well, okay, the reason why they did that uh, is they have him talking into a tape recorder and dictating to Diane was for narrative purposes. It was a great way of conveying information to the audience. Yeah, and allowing you to kind of very quickly dump a bunch of information in a natural way instead of the typical, you know, voiceover of the detective, and you hear it but no one else does. So that was that was really, I think, why partially why they had that incorporated into the show. And but it kind of goes away in the second season. It does. I, I noticed it, that he's yeah. less and less talking to Diane.
1: Right. It's true. I mean, I said, I, Brian, and I kid around sometimes that he's really just talking to himself, that there yep. is no secretary. There's no, I, there's no Diane.
3: Yeah. Well, there was a joke back when the show was first on that Diane was the name of the tape reporter. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a I theory like that. I yeah. hear online.
1: Yeah, in and, and my life, my tapes, the book, there is some. I mean, if if you consider that canon, there's a couple times where he talks about his secretary, and I think they went to dinner and things like that. But I'm always fascinated by this, and and the missing pieces has a little bit of Diane, but it, it's something I was always interested in. You, you you guys were so thorough on everything else. It's like, even if it,
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a great point. I, I you know, that probably was something fun to do there, and uh, and yeah, it just kind of it just went right by us. I could see now we could have. We could have investigated the whole concept of, of Diane, whether or not she was real or not. Uh, but, you know, we do have the new series coming on, and I would not be surprised if we come back to that quote-unquote character.
2: Yeah? We, mm. may,
3: we may find out a lot more. I, I, again, I'm conjecture. Right. I don't know. But I certainly would love for them to, to reintroduce that idea.
1: That would be something. Do you think it'd still be a tape recorder, or would he be talking into an iPhone or something? <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: you know, it, uh, I guess who, well, who knows what State Cooper's going to be
1: in when the show starts. Right, that's a good point. Or not, you, without, without be without, able to. Right, right. That's a good point. <laughs> I heard,
0: I heard, I heard a lot of people online talking about Twin Peaks might not be the same. Like they don't want technology to be in the new season. Like I don't know if you guys saw that. Like
1: people, I haven't heard anything about that. But are you're like,
0: saying yeah. no, no phones, no cell phones, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. You no, know, you know it's funny. Joel Bacco brought that up with me when we were talking once about. He had he heard something like that too. So well, how can they do Twin Peaks now? Because they have, the technology has changed. And how? Oh, I know what it was. How can there be Twin Peaks in a post-9/11 world? And I just thought yeah. that was ridiculous. I mean, it was just it's just ridiculous. Twin Peaks. You know, first of all, the idea of the town being somewhat remote still works. Yeah, yeah, can be quote you know a long place from the rest of the world, and and that works. Uh, and uh, but I, I have no problem at all with them having, uh, you know, uh, iPhones and and you know the internet. Uh, as I said to Joel Baco, what's the difference between a post nine eleven world and a post JFK assassination? Hmm. And, you know, right. a big. Thing happens, the world changes. We adapt to it. We move on. Twin Peaks acknowledged that the world was out there and things like that happened. I, I don't have a problem with it at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it, it Twin Peaks is kind of like a fantasy world. It's like it's in its own world. Like I don't, I when I watch it, it's like you're escaping reality. Like the show is not reality. You know, it's its own i, its own thing. Like I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I, I feel like, yeah, like having being 2015 or whenever it's going to take place, it's ambiguous when it is. Like, I don't feel like I'm watching something, It's the music is like out there, everything feels different. You don't, it doesn't have a timestamp on it. Yeah. Like, I can't, like, I know when it came out, but when I watch it, I have feelings like the music can be from the fifties and they dress maybe for the, the fashion that was in the nineties, but. And the teenagers all talk like adults. But, the, you know, it's like this, you know.
3: Uh, I think with Lynch and Frost, and particularly with Lynch's sensibilities, it's still going to have that timeless quality. Yeah. I don't think they're even going to worry about, you know, what the technology is. They'll just, you know, so someone will pick up a cell phone and talk. And exactly, And it'll be yeah. part of the story. But it'll still have that otherworldly kind of separate feel to it. I'm sure of it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to affect anything.
1: You know, in, in June, 1994, you, you were in entertainment weekly named, uh, the, uh, cool cult favorite. And I actually had that issue and I remember cutting it out just, uh, just cause like, Oh, I have this magazine and it's actually, you know, n- wow, nationwide. that's
0: and cool. I thought, yeah, it
1: was really something. I mean, what do you guys think to be actually in entertainment weekly? Oh,
3: that was, that was huge. I mean, that was so big to have done that. Um, uh, I can remember when Craig called me. I had just been at the movies. I went to see the movie The Crow. I don't know if you remember that. Oh name. yeah, I
1: saw The Crow. <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, and uh, uh, I called Craig from a payphone. For some reason, I can't remember. It gives you an idea how long ago it was, right? <laughs> so I, <laughs> I called him from a payphone, and he told me. I just was like, "What? You know, that's <laughs> amazing." Yeah, Entertainment Weekly. That was huge.
1: And they didn't even reach uh, out to you then, huh? They just found you on their own, and and then just put it out in their magazine.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I honestly I can't remember how they found out about us, but we were out there enough. Someone in the you know, the offices of Entertainment Weekly was probably buying the issue, and it floated up enough, you know, in the in the you know the, the yeah, location the, there where they're working at Entertainment Weekly, and it's this is cool, let's do it.
1: Right, you yeah, know, it was great. Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, Brian and I talk. I mean, I I watched it when it was originally aired, Twin Peaks. But I can't remember how people actually, you know, how there was a community. There was no internet. So do you remember how people actually just talked about Twin Peaks or how we were able to, you know, I'm trying to remember how we actually, you know, I don't know, socialized or communicated about the show, (laughs) the uh, magazine.
3: That's a good question. I mean, you basically had to go to, um, well, there was the Usenet group, you know, Hmm. TV.Twin-Peaks or whatever it was. And there were people out there posting things about, I don't know if you remember that, but that was sort of the precursor to, you know, getting out on the World Wide Web. There was a way to communicate about it. Um, it was limited, but it was still a way yeah. to get a little more uh, immediacy to, to back and forth discussion. But for the most part, you had to go to the daily paper. Right. To hope that there'd be some, something in there. You'd go to the TV Guide because it was weekly. Maybe any yeah. time in Entertainment Weekly and Newsweek, you know, you'd hope that there'd be something there. And
1: um, Yeah, that's how I found it. I mean, that's. I mean, I think I mentioned this to Brian. It was the newspaper, Entertainment Weekly, TV Guide, and I think it was like, um, what, what did I say, T- uh, Entertainment Tonight, you know, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> oh, right. TV show. I mean, yeah. like so that was like yeah. how I would you find go,
3: it. Yeah, you'd go to TV. I, you know, I forget, you know, uh, Entertainment Tonight, absolutely. You'd go on and they they give you some, you know, Silly
1: little thing but it was something to hang on to totally so so I said before you know wrapped in com is uh, the relaunching the website with uh, back issues of, of Twin Peaks I mean I'm sorry a wrapped in plastic magazine. Uh, I'm sure people want to know are you involved with this website at all?
3: i uh, not. That's something that Howard Miller has put together. Uh, it's Craig's father. Uh, he's got, you know, back issues, not only wrapped in plastic, but some of our other publications. Uh, and, you know, he just wants to see if he can, you know, sell sell some of that back stock So and- he went ahead and and put that
1: together that's awesome and I, I I definitely recommend I mean I think his prices are very fair I mean they're very reasonable I I mean any if you're a twin Peaks fan you really should check out the website get some issues my favorite issues are the unseen twin Peaks issues but there's so I mean you got so many good interviews with with, with the cast and crew and uh, yeah I can't I can't recommend that enough um yeah know, yeah and I you yeah, and I would even say, I, in part, I feel like this podcast started because of my, you know, loving that your magazine and stuff. So, you you know, you're kind of an inspiration for me. We so,
0: reference it every week. Every week we
1: reference <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah when, I, when doing research, for, I mean, Brian doesn't do any research because he's new to this. Yeah, so I'm like, watching it. I'm Mine's doing research. research and I'm like looking through wrapped in plastic, uh, you know, Brad Dukes. Uh,
3: <laughs> I, that's funny. I mean, it's funny you say that because, as I say, I'm trying to compile some new, and I've been pulling out old issues wrapped in plastic, and uh, I'm looking at some of it. And, hey, this this was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I totally forgot this.
1: That's awesome.
3: But thank you for your kind words. But uh, you know, that was a real labor of love, a wrapped in plastic. I mean, Craig and I did not really make any money on on that. A little tiny bit, uh, enough to support our hobbies of buying at the time laser discs. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 you know, we just did it because we just
1: love the show. That's awesome.
3: It's really, really, you know, we we're very enthusiastic about it. We we wanted to talk about it.
1: Totally. And now you you have a blog that you uh, occasionally uh, post stuff on. I mean, I was excited that you posted when uh, when we found out that Twin Peaks was coming back. And um, you, you you're thinking, or you you well, you've already kind of discussed that, but you're thinking about doing something when the show comes back, right? Are you going to blog more, or you're still not sure? Or?
3: Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot, too, recently, um, especially as I look back and I, I see, you know, the material we did, uh, all of it was done after the show was over, uh, mm. actually after the film had come out. So it, there was perspective, there was time to, to think. and then, of course, it was 12 years of us thinking, I mean, I didn't figure figure out, I didn't really get a, a read on Firewalk with me until 10 years after the show. Wow. Up uh, the movie had, had air. I felt I, you know, watched it many times, and then something clicked, and I felt like I had a really good reading on it. Um, and so, you know, as the show, the new show comes on, um, I, I'm going to want to react to it, and I think I will uh, in a very immediate fashion. More, I think, just to a comment on its con- connection to the old show and say, okay, you know, this is continuity or, oh, this challenges continuity. Mm. You know, why did they go in this direction? How does it make us rethink what, what came before? As for writing anything more in-depth, I think I probably have to give it some time to sort of sleep for a while so I could think about it. You know.
1: Yeah, that makes sense and stuff. And you met, you brought up Firewalk with me, which we can't talk about because Brian hasn't seen it. Uh, sorry, but, but you have this. I mean, well, I can I can be vague enough. I can close my ears. No, 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 yeah, that's yeah. all right. But you have this uh, conf, uh, controversial part where uh, John believes that the first half hour of the movie it might be a dream. Now, John can't talk about it because you don't know. <laughs> but I, I, John, I want to have you back on when we get to that Firewalk with me. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm happy
3: to talk about it. Uh, without giving any of the details away, I think it fits in with the way Lynch approaches a lot of his stuff.
0: Right. Well, I have a question. I have a question to tie into that, if, okay. That, if that's okay. Yeah,
1: please do, Brian. Yeah.
0: Um, since we just watched the episode, we finally, I got to see the killer and everything. Episode 14. Episode 14. Do you think, because Lynch, he he's very abstract, do you think Bob— when when Bob was killing, um, Maddie. Maddie, do you think Maddie Maddie was seeing Bob or Leland?
3: Um, that's a good. That's a really good question. Um, I think Maddie was seeing Bob because she'd seen Bob before.
1: That's what I thought. Uh, that's what I was yeah. thinking. And I have mixed feelings. I mean, I mean, I've watched this probably a hundred times, and you know, I have mixed feelings. It's kind of weird, like, because you know, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to see because Leland is punching her, and he's saying, you know, uh, "I love you, Laura," and stuff like that. And it's hard. I mean, it, I mean, even when you get through the whole series and you get to "Firewalk with Me," and it's still kind of interpretation of like, yeah. is this Bob? Is this Leland? And stuff. But it's yeah, it's pretty cool that it's good to
0: hear different. Yeah, and yeah, When when Bob or Leland says, he says. Leland says you're leaving we, So um, yeah, yeah Leland says I'm going you're,
1: back to um, uh, Missoula Montana yeah
0: Missoula so I was like it's it. you know these people are seeing Bob so Leland's the killer but really Bob is the killer that inherits his body and you know does these well, horrible things
3: yes and it's very difficult now to talk about this without spoilers but you have hit the critical point really in many respects mm-hmm. which yeah. is elevated to some extent you know How real is Bob? How much of Bob is is you know an active agent? How much is Leland a victim of Bob? Those are all questions that the you know the series will touch on again a little bit. The film will touch on again more. Yeah. Uh, But um, uh, that you know that's a great question, and I think that's just a a concept and an idea that
1: Lynch liked to play with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like the open idea. The open mystery that it's up to you to figure out, right? Yeah. And
1: it, actually, you know, we were talking. You, you mentioned that you went to the fest, uh, uh, yeah, the Twin Peaks fest. And actually, uh, uh, Catherine colson actually read something from Lynch talking about mysteries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that seems like Lynch wants to return to mysteries. How how was the festival for you this year?
3: Oh, it was great. Uh, I I hadn't been in ten years. Um, it was uh, certainly the biggest festival I've ever been to. Wow. Um, to give you some idea. I can remember going to the festival, you know, 10 years ago, it was about maybe 100 people, 150 maybe, I don't know, maybe that's a lot, uh, and there were actors from the show there, we'd have a banquet, you know, they'd talk, have questions and answers, and afterwards you'd, you know, get things signed, autograph sessions, and, and then you'd, they'd mill around, you'd have time to talk to them, they'd be walking around, you chatted with them, hmm. um, this time, there were, I think, over 500 people there. Uh, there were actors there, uh, guests, and there were autograph lines that were so long, I never got a chance. And I wasn't going. I was like, you wow. know, I'll, be, I'll, I'll go last. I'll let everyone else go. Mm. I, I've met a number of these people already. There were a few I hadn't. Uh, and uh, they literally had, almost, they had to shut the lines down. like, you know, we wow. can't go past here. We can't do any more signatures. It was huge. It was the... the, the uh, The the attendance and the interest spiked and I can only imagine next year it's gonna be bigger or well I think they're tapping it, but the interest will be more intense next year. Oh yeah. So it it was a lot of fun. It was great to go back to just see the sites again and to meet some of the people again. A lot of fun.
1: Awesome. And I know when we, when we interviewed Katherine Coulson, she was saying she had to put her hand on ice the next day or something because she had been signing so many autographs wow, and stuff. yeah That's great. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I don't doubt it. And you know, it, it was, it, again, it's because your magazine that, you know, we learned that they, the fir- I think the first one was in 1992, that was actually, a New, Line, New Line actually did the first festival, and it was, I think it was thousands of people turned out for that, and you had Ray Wise, and you had all the actors there, and i don't hear that in the if you look on the internet you don't really find you don't hear about maybe the first festival being you know new line putting it out
3: yeah it was a promotional thing that new line did uh, david lynch was there they actually mm. premiered firewalk with me i think wow. at the little
1: that's cool
0: um
3: at the little uh, theater right there uh, right across the street from the marquee cafe the double r diner and uh yeah um Charlie, Ray Wise was there, Al Strobel was there, they had all kinds of things, you know, and again, it was a promotional thing that New Line came in, and they had all these ideas, you know, we'll, we'll do a vlog lady relay race, or something, <laughs> and um, it was Pat Shook, who's a big, huge Twin Peaks fan, who decided, you know, right, let's do another one, and that was the first fan run, hmm. festival, which happened in 93, yeah. and she kind of used the template of the New Line one uh, for of the festival and it kind of stayed that way for, for quite some time uh, so yeah I mean I didn't know that they in 92 and Craig and I used to talk and if we'd known we would've gone but yeah. we didn't know there was no way really to know we didn't find out about it until Entertainment Tonight showed it isn't that <laughs> you know, funny that's cool like, Oh, there's Lynch. Wouldn't that have been nice to go to see? <laughs> and was it was it
1: I, was it like a month after it um after the movie came out that you guys put the magazine out? It was around there. I think it was October, maybe uh, of '92, that uh, the your magazine right. came out. So it wasn't. It, it was pretty much not too far after the movie came out that you had the magazine.
3: Exactly. Yeah, we had planned to do it a year earlier, and uh, we did run into some of those legal questions. We weren't sure, you know, exactly what we could do without infringing on copyright, uh, and it took us a while, and then, yeah, it was a year later, 92, that we felt confident we knew what we could do, and we put it out. It just happened to coincide with uh, Firewalk With Me had been out a few months earlier.
1: Cool. Wow. So I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about or you want to promote or that, you know, you're talking about in the future you might be writing something. or Is there anything else you'd like to share with us?
3: Well, I, um, I, I am hoping to put together something. I think there's some interest. Um, I hope there is, To, I mean, you know, a lot of wrapped in plastic is, there are issues available, as you say, through Howard uh, Miller's website, uh, but a lot of the old stuff is out of print, and the print run was very, very low. Uh, so I'm thinking, oh, you know, it might be nice to try to put some of that back in print. Uh, I think, you know, there might be some interest in that. So that's something I'm... I'm working on right
1: yeah. now. I'm, I'm only missing not in the no- Naomi Watts issue. That's the only one. And then I have <laughs> – I, and I guess I guess I don't have the reprint of the first issue. I have the original first issue. But the no- Naomi Watts one is a hard issue to find. Was mm-hmm. she in
0: Twin Peaks? Did she make an
3: appearance?
1: No, but they did actually um, promote other David Lynch works oh, and okay. stuff. So, Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive, okay. Yeah. We, you know, we did a
3: lot of Mulholland Drive, and we had an interview with Naomi Watts, which was uh, – well, I'm sorry you don't have the issue. It was great,
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I really, I really want it now because they're they're going to be putting out on uh, what is it the the, the new Blu-ray, the coming, Blu-ray, yeah. I think in October. There, the was it Crichton? Is it is that the the company Criterion? Criterion, yeah. No. I think it's. Oh, a, I,
3: you know, I didn't even know that. That's fantastic
1: news, boy! I, I. I I will be getting that. I know. I'm definitely picking it up too. I, th- I think we going to an episode, I- maybe. Yeah, we were talking about doing a whole podcast, one, you know, a whole show just on uh, Mahalan Drive. Yeah, that'd and, be cool. And do you have any backstory about that? Is it true that Sherilyn Fenn, maybe originally they were going to do a, uh, like a spin off, but it, maybe it started off as Mahalan Drive and then they moved it to a TV? Yeah. T-
3: yeah, I mean, the, the the story is, and again, I'm sure it's gotten distorted and maybe exaggerated somewhat over time, but I think there was some concept that they were going to maybe have Sherilyn send Audrey's character. Uh, I, again, I think this was just the initial germ of the idea. I don't yeah. know if it really went any further than just talk. They would have her go move to L.A. and and she'd have you know, some strange, noirish adventures down there. Um, <clears throat> and then... Uh, of course, that didn't happen, uh, but Lynch still had the idea of doing something like that. And then, of course, you know there was the failed pilot version of Mulholland Drive, which has yeah. a long story around it. Which is back
1: on ABC. It was ABC again. Like I'm, I'm surprised they even would want to work with ABC again. But yeah, uh,
3: you know, yeah, and you know it's funny you mentioned that um, that Twin Peaks uh, book on Amazon. I wrote the introduction to that, and it took many years for that to finally see you know, publication, and I had a line in there. I wrote it before there was a Maholland Drive, and one of the lines I wrote in there was, David Lynch will never work for network TV again. Right. And then Maholland Drive came along, uh, and I went back, and I edited that because we thought it was going to go to publication, and said, well, you know, I had to edit it out and change it around and change some of my, you know, meaning of my my introduction. But then the book didn't go to publication for quite some time, and then Maho Drive failed. <laughs> the TV, uh, you know, show, and I went back into the essay again and said, David Lynch will never work for York TV <laughs> nice. again." As Mahon Drive yeah. proves, you know, and so that's how long uh, that essay took. But then, of course, that also shows you what went happened with Lynch and his experience with with the networks again.
1: Right. How
0: long did that did, did it fail right away? Did get that, that show Mohan? Well,
1: they Muhan, never made the show, so they, they oh actually, they didn't even
0: make a pilot. Well, they, or I didn't
1: think it started the. I mean, John could tell us more, but I think they started the pilot. Maybe that maybe. Maybe the first half of the movie is is the pilot, John. Can you clarify?
3: Yeah, I can tell you exactly what the situation is. Uh, And I would recommend – it's funny. If you ever do Mulholland Drive, I'd love to talk to you more about it there. I always thought it would be a a great idea for someone putting together a book of essays just on Mulholland Drive. And I've Mm -hmm. read some incredible work about that movie. But I would – if you could ever track down – a New Yorker article that was written in the late 90s by Tad Friend. I can't tell you exactly. If you Google it, you'll find it. He was with Lynch, uh, writing essentially a profile of Lynch for the New Yorker at the time that the pilot had been submitted. It had been finished, to be completed, edited,
2: submitted wow.
3: to ABC. He's there in the room when Lynch gets the call that they're not going to pick it up for series.
2: Uh, oh, wow.
3: And that essay, that it's not really an essay, it's just an article, it's a report, on Lynch's struggles with the network. It goes into great detail about what he intended to do with the series as a whole, it goes into the story where it would have gone, and it talks uh, about um, the actual pilot that was shot. It it, it describes scenes... um, I will say, I've actually seen the original pilot.
1: Oh wow, wow that's cool. awesome!
2: Uh,
3: and uh, so, what Lynch did, though, was he—and um, this will get back into my Fire Walk with me uh, dreams theory, but <laughs> right. you know—he uh, he he resurrected the film. You know, he, he you know the work. He has the yeah. work sitting out there. He didn't want to put it in a closet and walk away from it. He felt strongly about it, and so he came up with this conceptual way of using what he had shot, but wrapping it around a different story. Mm -hmm. And effectively what he does is he makes the entire two hours uh, of pilot material, um, arguably a dream sequence.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And Naomi Watts' character wakes up at the end, and then you have that last 20 to 30 minutes of her, you know, dealing with... uh, you know, with her life and, and the dream that she had. And Dream, of course, informs you about the struggles and the problems that she has um, as sort of a pathetic character. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, anyway,
1: yes. And, yeah, uh, and I always kind of, I mean, okay. Lost Highway is actually my favorite movie, but the second David Lynch film is, is Mulholland Drive. But I almost feel like Lost Highway was a practice movie, and they kind of like, he really he really figured it out in in, in Drive in some ways because there's there's similarities.
3: I absolutely agree with you. I think that some of the ideas in Maholland Drive were already in his mind when he was doing Firewalk Walk with me. Mm. I think he was working out some of these concepts and he did Lost Highway um uh one well, and a straight story, but still he was, you know, he was spinning these ideas around in his head
1: totally so yeah I think I think this is a good place to stop I mean yeah I, don't, I we if you really want we, well, we can talk about it but if you want to come back and when we do the Mulholland, uh, yeah the Mahalan drive that'd episode, be awesome if you want to come back even if we can't spend the, the whole episode with us uh, we'd love to have you a little bit to hear what you have to say about the movie. I'd be happy sick. to, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, John, for your time. And, uh, yeah, I think I, – I really hope that people will, will check out WrappedInPlasticMag.com about the back issues because it's a, it's a fantastic uh, magazine. I mean, again, I I, I I don't know if I'd be doing this podcast right now without <laughs> it. Because for me, I mean, I when we're doing yep. this podcast, I really kind of look at – this is a time capsule. In some ways, we're looking at Twin Peaks, and we get to analyze and discuss it. And your, your magazine makes it so we can get better understand you know, the show. And, and thank you so much for all you've done.
3: Oh, wow. Well, thank you very much for the kind words. I'm really glad that it's still got you know, some impact out there.
1: I, I, and I hope the next generation, now that they know yeah. where they can access it then get some new issue or not new back issues, I hope there's a whole new generation who might just be uh, le- learning about the the show through the season three will maybe even find this magazine. that that would be something. That'd be cool. Well, thank you very much, John. Thank you so much. I really had a good time. Thanks.
0: All right, Thank you, John Thorne, for that interview. And, Ben, we have another guest.
1: Yeah, we now have uh, Howard Miller, uh, Craig's uh, father, who's now uh, relaunched the, the Wrapped in Plastic magazine website. Hi, Howard.
4: Hi. How are you today?
1: Good. So, I, yeah, I had you on because I'd love to hear about um, how, about the, the new website. How's that going?
4: Yeah, well, we finally got it active here about uh, two weeks ago, and so it's ready to take orders. Uh, they can come in either through PayPal or by use of a credit card. So right now we have it for the uh, Wrapped in Plastic magazine, as well as the previous magazine of his, of Craig's called um,
2: uh, Spectrum. Spectrum, yep. Now his, his final magazine
4: was called Following Cerebus, and it isn't out on the website yet, but it will be very soon. And of course that website is Classic M-A-G, Dot
1: com. Yep, wrapped in and you know, the, yeah, the, the Cerberus is a great. Uh, following Cerberus is a great magazine too, where um, it's a comic book that Dave Sim did, and actually, um, uh, they actually, Dave Sim actually does. Um, I think uh, he had contact, and he does do. He, I think there's some interviews with him, and it's it's a really good magazine as well. Um, so how did this get started? I mean, so this is something that. Yeah, that, that used, there used to be an old website, and this is something that, in a way, you're, you're honoring your son by um, putting out a new website with back issues, right?
4: Yeah, I ran into a problem. It's taken me much longer uh, to get this thing up and running than I had planned because uh, it was through an outfit called Bizland, and working with Bizland, every time I talked to someone, I got a different story. And the final analysis, they wouldn't let me. They wouldn't turn it over to me or open it up for me or anything. Meanwhile, the PayPal account got canceled with my son's death.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry to hear
4: it We were trying to order, but they, the money would end up being returned to them because they didn't. They wouldn't let me do anything because uh, I wouldn't give them a. A bank account number, and I couldn't
2: give
1: them one because they wouldn't take one of my son's name. Right. No. Yeah, so this, I mean, it's great to have this website now, and like, I really think that they're great prices. I mean, you kind of honor the prices that were. I mean I think whenever the website it might have been at least five years ago or it's been a, it's been a while since, since the website was active so you've kept the prices the same and there's some, some issues as cheap as $6 which is to oh, me is like good. you go on eBay and you try to find some of these wrapped in plastic issues and they can get up there and stuff really? so be, to me wow. I think they're very uh, good good value and you know I, I was talking to John Thorne uh, not that long ago and I was saying how you know I, I was partially inspired to do this podcast off of this magazine. I mean, these these are wonderful magazine that both Craig and John put together, and I really think you, there's so much a wealth of information about Twin Peaks that you can find out through through wrapped in plastic.
4: Yeah, they, they work together. Most of the contents of the magazine, uh, Craig and John work together on. Craig actually was the producer of it. He actually put the whole magazine together. But he and John worked very close uh, together on this. Now, regarding his uh, latest, his final magazine, which only went 12 issues, which was following Cerebus, and you mentioned Dave Sim. Craig had uh, had been friends with Dave Sim. Of course, Dave is out of Canada. His, Craig had been friends with him for, oh, golly, probably 20 years. Wow. So they go back a long way. And one of... Uh, one of Craig's previous magazines. Uh, see, Craig produced uh, nine different magazines over the years.
1: Oh. <laughs> don't don't make me uh, tell you what I used to work because I probably wouldn't remember. No, I won't make you do that. <laughs>
4: uh, one was a one was called Cerebus Companion. Yeah. Of course, that, that that was before he came out with uh, the in Classic. So. So unfortunately, this thing has dragged on a little longer than I had hoped. But see, the I became administrator of the estate, and of course he has a minor daughter, divorced with a minor daughter. So everything I'm doing is uh, goes into a trust fund
1: for my granddaughter. Oh, that's wonderful! That is so uh, hopefully nice. Hopefully to put her through college. Oh, well, that is so nice that's to hear cool. that. I didn't know that. That is that is really something. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a wonderful magazine, and I, I hope you know more people will learn about it through through this. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I also want to say that you know, I I, I was I've gotten um, some issues through the website, and I'm really impressed with the packaging. You know, you guys make sure that the magazines I mean, they've never been read before, so I mean, these are these are like brand new issues, and you guys do a great job packaging it. and And I got my order really quick. I mean, it was only I mean, it was probably a few days, not even. It felt that's like pretty good. It was less than a week, and I, I think that's really <laughs> good. So I was impressed with how good you guys did the, my order. So thank you.
4: Well, I'm trying to copy, what, find out what my son did. And, uh, you know, I've lived away from my son most of his adult life and everything while we were very, very close. But I moved uh, to Texas here about 15 years ago, but I still lived uh, like several hours from him until uh, just the last year before he died. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I knew a lot about his magazines, but I didn't know about all of his collections. Of course, he, collect, he was a. He was a monster collection uh, pr- uh, addict for everything: uh, comics, uh, magazines, uh, action figures.
1: He's he's a true geek like, yeah, us. Yeah, I like think, us. I think I think we're we're all <laughs> like that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I was also impressed. It was only recent that I saw an issue where I, I learned that he also uh, illustrated some of the magazines that like he he knew, he drew, which I, I I never knew that about him. That he like some of the first covers of wrapped in plastic. He he did the drawings of them. Wow, so that's that, cool. that was pretty cool.
4: Yes, he did. I, he was great. In college, Craig took not only art and painting and uh, uh, filmmaking and video making and, and writing. So he took everything. And while his art, he continued to improve on his art. I have numerous sketchbooks of his art and everything that I hope someday to uh, maybe get his name out there and uh, get it publicized a little bit. Right now, uh, I haven't had the time to do it. So, But with this mammoth collection, it's only been about two years that I've been selling things, and I hope to kind of wrap up most of it by the end of the year, except for trading cards. Yeah. And you know, I going not believe it, but I have a stack of probably
3: 60 or 70,000
1: trading cards. Oh my goodness, that is unbelievable. And when it comes to wrapped in plastic, I imagine you have no plans to do reprints, right? So this is uh, like once they're gone, they're, they're gone
4: yeah you're right i i just really can't uh i don't i can't get involved with this thing i'm i'm not as i'm not young enough to take over everything of course you know he had his business was actually called windmill productions right uh from early on when he started uh publishing uh, magazines so uh you know he's he's wrapped in plastic is kind of associated with his company which was windmill productions and i'm still working his company as well, but I, I hope to try to wrap up a lot of this uh, by the end of the year. But I will keep the uh, back issues of the magazines open and keeping the estate open to for the money to go into the trust fund uh, as long as it seems feasible. Right. Regarding the price on things, I did deliberately keep all the prices the same. Uh, we did have to do some adjusting as far as postage. I'm not happy, necessarily happy with the postage uh, setup right now, but uh, I'm trying to get the things to a point where up to seven issues, I can send overnight uh, delivery through express mail,
2: mm. and
4: that way people can get the things very promptly. I'll be mailing out uh, probably twice a week, Uh, I I do not live in Arlington. My son's uh, lived in Arlington. I live in Dallas proper, actually in uh, Plano. And uh, so I'm over there two or three days a week, and I pick up mail over there. It might be well for me to, if anyone would need to contact me direct, it would be well for them to write to the estate of Craig Miller, post office box 115 Arlington, Texas, 76004.
0: Mm -hmm cool
1: great no so yeah no. Like what I'm getting at is like if, if, if anybody who's listening has interest in wrapped and Plast magazine this get might be your best yeah this really might be your best chance of actually getting the magazine yeah, yeah because you know at least Howard doesn't have any plans to reprint this so like you you want to get you know you might be able to find some on eBay but to be able to get a, a large part of your collection this is probably the best chance you're gonna get so I you know I would recommend it I I got I, I almost got every issue I think I'm missing one issue now but it was because of reaching out to Howard that I was able to get a lot of these back issues that I was missing. So thank you, Howard, for doing this.
4: Well, yeah, I've come up with a couple envelopes of things that were mailed out by Craig, and apparently uh, people moved, left no forwarding address, and Craig would hang on to them, and there were several uh, envelopes there in his office. So I opened them up, and I have found a few envelopes that are sold out, or a few magazines that are sold out. That if anyone would want to write to that post office box and indicate a number, I'm not going to go in and change change the website to say that I have a copy of something. But uh, I do have a few of those lower number ones that if anyone <laughs> would write to me, and if I have that copy, I would certainly... Uh, happy to uh, sell it
1: to them. Well, that's really good to know. Thank you, Howard. And you know, I'm missing episode 56, the Naomi Watts issue. That's oh. <laughs> But no, you've been wonderful.
4: I, I got you the 46. You are great. I have the note on 56.
1: Oh, I know. I'm just kidding okay. with you. One,
2: you
1: get it, okay? I'm just kidding with you, Howard. You you have been fantastic. It really is. I mean, it's been great to work with you and be able to get these issues that I, I actually didn't know if I was ever going to be able to get the issues because it's so hard to find them. So it's this really is a wonderful thing. I if you guys are Twin Peaks fans, I can't recommend the the magazine enough. You know, the whole unseen Twin Peaks, I love that whole analysis of the the behind-the-scenes script analysis to the TV. It's a great thing. So, Howard, Howard, do you have anything else to say before we let you go? Is there anything else you want to share with us? Let
4: me just say one thing. Uh, Of course, I've attended some uh, 33... Comic shows uh, to uh, sell his uh, back issue or his uh, various things. I have not done anything with magazines and different things. Uh, some still collectible items that he has regarding Twin Peaks. Now in Dallas on October the I think it's 18th to the 20th or something like that. There is a well it's not in Dallas actually in Irving, Texas outside of Dallas. Uh, there's a three day con there. But I intend to take the rest of the things regarding uh, Twin Peaks and wow. anything I would have on Raptor Classic, I will take it to that show and try to dispose of it. I know I have a number of, uh, of T-shirts because Craig used to go up to the Washington uh, uh, convention type thing every year, and every year he'd go, he'd get a T-shirt. Well, I have sold a couple of those, to, a few of those, to people that have asked me about them, and I've uh, sold them. But I will have anything that I have left of Twin Peaks will be at that show in October to uh, try to dispose of.
1: Excellent. So wow. yeah, this is this is more than just wrapped in plastic. This could be TV Guide magazines or or Rolling Stones or whatever. I mean, there are other there are anything <sighs> other things related to Twin Peaks that yeah. they have? Yeah, that's awesome. Course. I'm I, jealous.
4: Anything I come across uh, with Twin Peaks, I throw in a stack for uh twin you know, for twin peak stuff.
2: Yeah. And
4: so I don't try to I don't try to roll that in with other things although accidentally some have some books and different things have gotten rolled in. But I know I have some of the cards and uh, uh not a whole lot of stuff but uh, a lot of miscellaneous things that he collected over the years that I will try to uh, dispose of. Keeping in mind at these shows I, I really sell things very cheap because uh you know my goal is to get rid of things and uh but yet, you know, not give it away. Yep. Well, I, I appreciate the chance to share this with you and, uh, and your listeners. And uh, once again, the post office box is 115 in Arlington, Texas, 76004, should be addressed to the estate of Craig Miller. So anyone that would like to reach me, uh, I'm not giving out my phone number, but I'll certainly uh, respond to anybody that uh, would care to write to me.
1: And, again, you can get the back issues of of Wrapped in Plastic and Spectrum and Falling Cerebus at WrappedInPlasticMag.com. Thank you, Howard. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks again to John Thorne and Howard Miller for being on the show. Again, you can check out uh, Howard's new website on Wrapped in Plastic Magazine at WrappedInPlasticMag.com. And uh, we'll probably be back next week with a, a normal, a, a normal episode. episode. Yeah.
0: Yes. And I Unless, do not know some, who the killer breaking is.
1: Breaking news comes out and we've got a special you know interview. You never know. It you seems know. to happen a lot it with does. us. <laughs> I think it works for us. It, I does. Think, it yeah, does. It does. So I, think, I thought it would be fun to uh, end the show with, you know, in 2001 – Craig Miller and John Thorne, who co-created Wrapped in Plastic Magazine, got to interview Mark Frost. And you can see that on, um, I think, one of the DVDs. Maybe it's the Gold Box. And, of course, the Blu-ray, you can see that. So I thought it may be just a little clip of John Thorne uh, interviewing uh, Mark Frost. Cool,
0: cool. And before we go, please like us on Facebook, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Follow us on Twitter, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Or you can just look for our whole name. in www.twinpeaksunwrapped.com. Has everything you can find for
1: our shows. Yeah, and you can, you know, we'd love to if you you do a review on iTunes. Yes, I mean, really, it's a great way for other people to, to uh, learn about our show is by you know you you telling them if you like us,
0: <laughs> we'll get it, get you guys in the top fifty. Come on, we can do it. The community can get us to the top 50 in iTunes. That'd be awesome.
1: What's your goal? You want to be a top 50 before the season three comes out?
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be something. Have that'd... one Twin Peaks show in the top 50. I think we can have one in in, in in the
1: entertainment know? section. What... Yeah, uh, yeah, in the TV section. The TV section, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's a lot of Lost. There's a lot of Breaking Bad. There's a lot of newer shows. It would be cool to see a Twin Peaks podcast. You know, and I'm not saying it doesn't even have to be us. It could be anybody. But it would be cool yeah, for Yeah. You could also <laughs> support... Uh, Not going to lie.
1: <laughs> Spark went in 21. Give it to them. They, yeah, they whoever you like. One. But it would be yeah. cool
0: to see one Twin Peaks podcast in the top 50. Right. I think it would be really cool. I think that would be awesome. So.
1: All right, then. Uh, well, we'll be back next week. All righty. And have a good one.
3: I have a question, though, about the European ending to the pilot, which is really the only part that wasn't initially intended to air. But then it was incorporated into the dream sequence. First of all, why did you make that decision to take that material, which from what I understand was something you were contractually obligated to do
5: for a European release, and put it into the series? Well, we had, we had cooked up this uh, wrap-up ending for the pilot, um, as you said, for a contractual obligation to our foreign distributor, because they wanted to release the pilot as a two-hour movie on video in Europe. So it was a pretty ridiculous thing to try to do to wrap up a very complicated show in about three minutes and we had to do it in a sort of deus ex machina fashion Um, but the stuff that David came up with stylistically was so cool and weird that we just felt you know there's something we should try to incorporate into the show and in it was the strand of the idea of the demon killer uh, Bob uh, which became a pretty important part of the second season so we we thought you know why let three good minutes of film go to waste. Let's try to figure out a way to incorporate it into the the main flow of the story. Sure.
3: But did you intend for that dream sequence, which occurs early in the first season, to drive the narrative basically for the rest of the first season? Or was that something that you were still leaving open to definition?
5: Um, I'm not sure that we, we really saw that far ahead with it. I think we, we felt it would contribute and add another layer of mystery. And then we just kind of let the chips fall where they may. Right.